for the quitters. Game quitters. Listen up, quitters. Game quitters. It's the Game Quitters Podcast with Cam Adair and Jason Wellwood. Today's episode is dedicated to you. We're taking questions straight from the Stop Gaming Reddit community. And now, quitting games and taking names. Your host, Camadere. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the Game Quitters Podcast. My name is Cam Adair. I'm your host. Super excited to be here. And Jason, what's going on? Cam, so happy to be here once again and looking forward to today. we got a special episode in store for everybody. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what today's episode is all about. Well, uh, we wanted to do something a bit different here. Maybe not so much a different, but more focused is a good word. At the end of Episode one and two, you may have noticed we did a bit of a Q&A with questions from listeners just like yourself. We wanted to dedicate a whole show to just that so we could really dive deep into the community, get to know some of you a bit better, and answer the questions you've been dying to ask. So that's what we're here for today. This comes straight from our Reddit Stop Gaming channel that we associate with. Yeah, so the Stop Gaming community is our community on Reddit where... You know, it's just like game quitters. It's it's all these people coming together saying, you know, I struggle to quit playing video games and I want some support and I want to contribute to the community. And Stop Gaming was actually around before I was even around. And so it's, you know, it's been there from day one. It's been there from the start. And there's a really, really thriving community on there. Uh, so I just wanted to do an episode strictly for them, you know, from their questions and really be able to provide value back to a community that's, that's supported me in a big way. And and just is out there, you know, supporting this movement. So we want to do that. And I'll, I'll go a little bit more into what Stop Gaming is in a, in a moment. But first, we just want to kind of give you a quick update on, on Jason. So Jason, it's been, you know, what, about a week since you've committed to the 90-day detox? And, and so give us an update. How are you feeling? Yes, the grand experiment. It has been a lot of fun. You know, uh, I wanted to do this because I want to know what gamers are going through who are struggling with some pretty hardcore addiction. Now, I may you may have noticed in episode two, if you listen to that one, I told my story a bit. I never really considered myself to have a, an addiction to the point of it ruining my life. My gaming addiction was more on the way of, uh, it's kind of like being surrounded by mosquitoes all the time, you know? You're just bothered. It's always in the way. It's always distracting you. So I thought, you know what? I've already kind of committed to doing this podcast. I've already committed to doing so many things in the game critters community i might as well do this too so here we are on one week and uh, i gotta tell you i gotta check my pulse and make sure i'm still alive here yes it's been an interesting week not as hard as i thought it would be to be honest with you and that is because i know that i'm done i'm so ready to be done that this has been a bit of a breeze but it doesn't mean i haven't been learning things along the way so for those of you who may be starting the detox yourself here's some pieces of advice i can give from the first week Now, one thing that really stood out to me was I still get thoughts about gaming from time to time. That doesn't just disappear and vanish. It does stick with you, especially in the early stages. So even just the other night, I was sitting on the couch watching the baseball game with my wife. And after it ended, I was feeling a little bored. We were just kind of sitting there together. She was getting ready to hit the hay and go to bed. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I started thinking about games. And immediately I realized 
I got to do something. I got to get up and do something right now because if I don't, I'm going to sit here and that temptation ain't going to go away. So one thing I recommend is if you're going through that, the minute you start feeling bored or you feel like you have nothing better to do, you might start thinking about games. And what you have to do is do anything, anything. Go make yourself a cup of coffee, uh, run around the house in your underwear and bother your girlfriend, whatever you want to do. Just uh, don't game, don't do it. And you're stronger than you realize. You might feel a little weak when you get bored. I find when I kind of get bored and I have nothing to do, you know, I, I'm just a kinda, the kind of guy who always wants to be doing something. Not everyone's like that, but I find busy hands are a good way to go. And take that metaphor however you want. Cam, uh, I got to tell you, after one week, it's been, it's been fun, but I'm looking forward to later on down the line when we're getting closer to that 90 days to see how this changes me. Because like I said, when we introduced the concept here and of this podcast and introduced my story a bit, I've really only been off gaming now for about a month or so. Uh, so like many of you, I'm not, you know, years into this. I'm not a veteran of game quitters yet, but I, I already do feel the positivity just flowing into my life and I feel... Like it's going to continue as long as I stick to this and I hope you stick to this as well. Remember, if you need any help along in your journey, check out the Game Quitters forum at GameQuitters.com. Lots of great people on there sharing stories. Of course, there's always the Stop Gaming Reddit. And if you want to talk directly to Cam and I, you can always send in questions as well for our Twitter or I guess Twitter email, whatever you want to call it, Q&A. We do it at the, at the end of every episode. And uh, you know what? You've got support everywhere with Game Quitters and this great community. So take advantage of that on your journey. And best of luck to you. We'll report in in about one more week, and I'll let you know if I have any more pieces of advice for you. Yeah, it's really cool, you know, because the fact that you're at a month really... The, the biggest difference that, that you should have noticed by now is just the, the physical symptoms of withdrawal are not as strong. And so when we look at research, when we look at just the data from our own community, the first two to three weeks are really where you're going to experience the most kind of physical symptoms of cravings and urges to play, compulsions, you know, or even boredom, right? But boredom as like a withdrawal symptom, not just as, as an experience you're having. And in, in the way that relates is boredom as something where you could even be doing another activity, but you still feel bored. Right. And that's just a withdrawal symptom. And so now that you're at a month, you still you still have to be very intentional with how you spend your time. And one of the best tips, one of the best things that we recommend is to make sure that you have predetermined activities to do. And so don't wait until you're bored or you have nothing to do to think about, you know, what you should do next, but actually have, you know, even if it's a list of, you know, when I have nothing to do, I'm going to do this. Or when I have some free time, I'm going to do this because the error that people make is in that moment when they need something to do, that's the moment when they start to try to figure out what they're going to do. They start to try to think about it. But all that thinking is lowering your momentum. And a lack of momentum causes you to then just feel stagnant. And that element of stagnation causes you to just either start craving games because it's an easy go-to, instant gratification, or to just sit around and kill your time watching Netflix or YouTube or some other mindless activity. And so actually, being proactive to know what those activities are going to be before you get to that point is really crucial. And, and I recommend three different types of activities. So the first is something mentally engaging, some sort of skill, some sort of goal, something to achieve. You know, programming is a good one, learning a new language, learning an instrument, anything that you can do 
where it's like you get to see your growth and progress. The second is something resting. So, you know, when you're at home and you're tired and you're bored from your day, what can you do? So things like reading, you know, learning a new language, listening to podcasts like this one or others, you know, journaling, cooking, anything where it doesn't take too much mental energy or physical energy, but is still something that, that is moving you in the right direction can help a lot. And then something social. So I'm a big fan of, you know, calling friends on Skype or calling friends on the phone, just being more social. Most of my friends don't live in the same city that I live in. They live all over the world, but I still stay in touch. I call them all the time and just being more social really helps a lot. So can you find an activity that helps you socialize, whether that's being a part of the Game Quiz Forum, joining Stop Gaming on Reddit, joining the Discord channel, you know, how can you be more engaged socially? Because when you quit gaming, you're going to have a shift in your social circle and you have to be prepared for that. And you have to make sure that you find some activities to help you, you know, develop some new relationships. So the more you proactive you can be, the better opportunity you're going to have to be successful in this journey. And so, you know, awesome job. The fact that you're at a month, you know, you're moving forward, you're finding some new activities, you're spending time with loved ones. You know, all of that is, is really good. And just for anybody listening, you know, hang in there, whatever day you're on, day one, two, three, couple weeks, couple months, couple years, it doesn't matter. It's not about whose addiction is worse or not. It's just about how this all relates to ourselves and, you know, learning to live more in alignment with our values and goals. So, you know, great job to everyone out there. And if you're looking to, to quit gaming and, and just start the detox process, you can go to gamequitters.com backslash detox and you'll get all the information on there of you know, why it's important, how it relates to your brain chemistry, how it relates to physical symptoms that you're having when you quit gaming, and just as an opportunity of a three-month experiment for you to really shift this area of your life. And so, you know, great job, everyone out there, you know, whatever day you're on, and and let's keep going. Yep. And uh, Cam, speaking of those three categories you mentioned, there's also a great supplement to that on the Game Quitters website that you wrote up yourself. It's, I believe, 60 activities that uh, you can do to replace gaming hobbies. You can get into things you can try. I really like that list you put together because if you're having trouble finding that thing that kind of keeps you off the games, that's a great place to start. So I'd recommend checking out that. Cam has a lot of great stuff he's written up. But speaking of programs you've created, there's a new one we got to talk about that's coming well, it's here now, actually, as we speak, it's just launched. Can you tell us a bit about that, Cam? Yeah, so really excited to announce that our program for parents is now live. It's called Reclaim, and you can find that on gamequarters.com backslash reclaim. But, you know, for years, I've, I've been focused on building resources for gamers, right? And really making sure that if you're a gamer out there and, and you're looking to change this area of your life, that you have everything you need to possibly be able to do it and that you have it for free. So whether that's, you know, 150 different videos on YouTube, now this podcast or 60 different hobby ideas, you know, any resource possible to be able to help you succeed is, is what my purpose has been. But there's been one group of people who I've kind of left behind and that's parents. And I've known for a long time that we needed to create a resource for parents. I get so many emails from parents and those emails are always really, really hard because, you know, there are parents who are in tears sharing their story of how, you know, their son is now in the hospital because he just tried to commit suicide or how their son has ran away from home or, you know, their son is just not responsive to them at all. And those stories are always really heartbreaking because it's different than a gamer emailing me saying, hey, I want help. You know, when parents email me, usually that person does not want help. And my purpose for Game Quiz has always been to 
make sure that we're building resources for people who want help and not forcing people to quit gaming if they don't want to. But there is this element of, you know, if you're a parent and you have a son or daughter and you're looking for support, I want to make sure that you have that support as well. And so what we did was we put together a package called Reclaim that just teaches parents more about what video game addiction is, why it happens, and what are some practical tools that you can use to be able to, you know, begin to shift that relationship in your family's life. And and whether that's coming up with, you know, a screen time agreement as a family, or whether that's finding a way to create a win-win relationship with your son or daughter, if you, you know, decide as a parent to remove gaming, what are you giving them instead, right? How can you ensure that it's not just you removing something, but they're also getting something in return? You know, maybe they want to start skydiving or they want to do something else you know but how can you ensure that they're also getting a a win out of the relationship you know how do you communicate about video game addiction what are some things you want to be aware of like triggers and urges and withdrawal symptoms and also just you know why do gamers play so much that education is so important for them to understand and so we put that package together it's on gamequitters.com backslash reclaim and i'm really excited because i know it's going to help a lot of parents so if you're out there listening to this you know, make sure that you spread the word, you know, share it with your parents, share it with parents that you meet. If you meet anyone who's looking to understand more about what video game addiction is, it's a really great package for them because it's, it's um, written in a way that speaks to them, right? So Respawn or our videos on YouTube really are speaking to gamers, but Reclaim is really built for parents or therapists or other people who are looking to understand more about what's going on. So, you know, make sure you spread the word. And uh, let's help the parents out there who who are looking for it. So really excited about that. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It looks like a great package, Cam. I'm, I'm just as excited for it. And there's something that you you bundled with that. I noticed in, a, in an email you sent out recently, I, I subscribed your emails. Is that weird? We do a show together and I'm getting your emails. That seems kind of weird. But you developed a bit of a, it's almost kind of like a letter that, uh, uh, you know, a teenager can send to their parents to show them, hey, I know that I want to quit gaming and I know that I'm addicted, but I don't know how to tell you about it. Picture this as Cam coming with you to just put on the charm and lay on the charm so you can get through that pain-free to tell them that you want to quit gaming. It's actually kind of cool. Uh, so I, I recommend you you check that out. Is there a place they can go to check that out if they want to get a hold of that? It's gamecores.com backslash parents dash help. And maybe I should come up with something a bit easier for them, but gamequarters.com backslash parents dash help. And it's really, you know, a document that you can send to your parents that kind of explains some of a little bit about what's going on and that you're asking for their support to be able to get respawn or, you know, any anything else that will be able to support you to be able to to move forward. And, you know, I hear from so many kids and, and teenagers who are like, you know, I really want to move on, but you know, I I obviously don't have any any cash flow to do that, and that's why we have so many resources for free. But for those people who you know are, are looking to to get involved in the respawn program or or anything like that, you know this is a document that you can send to your parents that explains to them a little bit about what's going on and asks for their support. And you know I talk to parents all the time who I know you know would be more than happy to be able to help their kids with this, especially when it's less than fifty dollars and. Just being able to speak to your parents about that, I think, is really important. But it's hard to know what to tell them, you know. So uh, we actually, a parent, you know, a parent from our community actually created that and and created it in a way where, you know, it's like 
as a parent, what would they want to know from their kids about about this? And uh, so super thankful for that. And again, that's on gamequitters.com backslash parents dash help. Nice. So that actually came from a parent then. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, because I was explaining to her the fact that, you know, I get a lot of emails from kids who say, you know, I want help, but my parents wouldn't help me. And I was explaining that. And she said, you know, what if we put together this document where they can send it to their parents and say, hey, this is kind of what we're about. This is, you know, what your kids are going to learn. And this is why they're looking for support. And so, yeah, that's kind of what we put together. And uh, I just added a little bit of design, some code to it. Um, And, you know, just for anyone listening, any of these links that we're saying, they'll all be available in the show notes, which is on gamequiz.com backslash three for episode three. So, you know, if you're looking afterwards to to try to find all these links, they'll be on there. Nice. Well, I think we should transition on into the meat of this show, and that is our Stop Gaming exclusive Q&A with Cam. And we're going to briefly tell you a bit about what Stop Gaming is. I know we went into it briefly at the start of the show, but is there anything else maybe that the listeners today need to know about Stop Gaming on Reddit, Cam? I think for anyone who's not familiar with Stop Gaming, you just need to understand that it's a community of peers all supporting each other to live a great life. And gaming or moving on from gaming is what we all kind of resonate with. It's it's the initial catalyst. But this is really just about us all supporting each other to, to move forward in our life and, and help each other with our greatest challenges and, and greatest goals. And the Stop Gaming community has been around for a long time. It's on Reddit. And you can find it at reddit.com backslash r backslash stop gaming or just Google Stop Gaming on Reddit. And you'll be able to find that. And it's a really amazing community. And of course, we're not against gaming. We don't care if you play. We're not here to debate about whether gaming is good or bad. We're just here to support each other in whatever way we can to, to live a great life. And and the Stop Gaming community is, is really great. I'm a moderator on there, which I'm super grateful for. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's amazing to see the stories of transformation. And, uh, you know, I'm just super thankful for anyone listening who's, who's a part of the Stop Gaming community. You know, just know that your contributions to the community are making a huge difference for people all over the world. I really appreciate your support. You know, Stop Gaming's had my back from from day one, you know, for a really long time. And and it's something I notice, it's something I see. And, and you know, I love seeing some of the veterans on there, you know, who have have been there for years, you know, supporting each other. And, and uh, yeah, it's just a really amazing community to be a part of. I'm grateful for you guys and uh, excited to go into this Q&A. Well said. And, you know, I love the Stop Gaming uh, community as well for the fact that there's really a variety of really cool people on there. Just hands down, the community is so awesome. I mean, you can find people who are in their teens. You can find people who are all the way up in their 40s and beyond that. I mean, there's really a good mix on there. I've read stories on there from people who are just, you know, graduating high school and trying to get off games for when they go to college so they can focus. I've read stories of people who have almost lost everything gaming and and gambling. Some really just unique stories. And, And the thing that I love about it is it's so open and honest and people there are just really real. You know, they're not there's no expectations for how you need to act before you go on there. There's no judgment or prejudice. You just come on and, and you can really fit in right away. And like I said, you can meet some really cool people. So definitely check it out. Now, Cam, I've got five questions for you from the Reddit community. Now, questions will be worth three points each. Wrong answers will net you negative points. And Cam, if you make it to negative three points... Oh, I got to tell you, we're going to have to open a trap door that will drop you directly straight down into a snake pit. That's not good. So uh, your life is on the line. 
Of course not. We're just here to answer questions. Let's do it. Question one. This fine young gentleman here who I've actually watched his video on your YouTube channel of how he quit gaming, Mr. Hobie Daga, he has sent in a question for you and he's asking, how is low self-worth related to gaming addiction? Yeah, so one thing I just want to mention about this member really quick is that he's been around for a long time and he's contributed so much. You know, his videos on YouTube sharing his own experience were really amazing. Uh, he has a video on, on the Game Quitters YouTube channel about his story. And he's just a really amazing guy, uh, very insightful. And I know that this topic, excuse me, of, of low self-esteem is something that, you know, he really cares about. He's actually from Lithuania, uh, just for everyone listening. And, and we have a lot of members from Eastern Europe, Poland, Lithuania. And uh, so how is low self-worth related to gaming addiction? Well, I, I think it's definitely related. You know, I, I know that for me, this is something I struggled with a lot, low self-worth. Now, to understand it, you have to first understand that low self-worth or low self-esteem or just self-esteem in general actually is the, the reputation that you have with yourself. And so there's a really amazing book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon that I would highly recommend for everyone to read. But in it, he talks about how your self-worth your self-esteem is the reputation that you have with yourself. So if self-esteem is the reputation you have with yourself, how is gaming addiction related? Well, we found in the study that we did of our community that 84% of people in our community knew that they had a gaming problem over 12 months ago. So if you know that you have a gaming problem over 12 months ago, yet you continue to play despite negative impact, you're consciously choosing every day to engage in an activity that's not bringing value to your life. In fact, it's actually bringing negative value. So what does that say about the reputation that you have with yourself? What kind of reputation does that build with yourself? What does that say about how much you value your own life? It doesn't say much. In fact, it actually says that you would rather live in pain and live in low self-worth and that you don't actually value yourself. You don't value your energy. You don't value your life. So I think low self-worth, low self-esteem is very much related to gaming addiction or addiction in general. And that's okay because it gives us an opportunity now to be able to shift it. And I believe that when someone quits gaming, that's the beginning of them transforming their self-worth and self-esteem in their life. It's the beginning of them transforming the reputation that they have with themselves because instead of continuing to do something that you know is not bringing your life value or positive value, you're making a decision to make a change. And you're making that decision to start living more in alignment with your values and goals and the vision you have for your life. And doing that and making those sorts of decisions and living your life in that sort of alignment can only help you live with more self-esteem. It can only help you build a better reputation with yourself. So I think it's hugely important. And again, you know, whether you read Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon or Daring Greatly by Brené Brown, those are two books that have both helped my life a lot and I know will help yours because you have to begin to develop a better reputation with yourself. And that begins by maybe shifting a, a habit in your life, like gaming, that's not so positive. Or maybe it's about starting to 
engage in habits that bring lots of positive value, like meditation or exercise or, you know, hanging out with friends or taking more initiative, being a leader, you know, doing things that you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do them. And so if you really want to transform your life, start with self-esteem because uh, that impacts everything. There you go. Ding, 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 Mr. Cam. I'd say that's a point. Very well said. Good answer. And thank you for that question. We're going to move on to number two from the Reddit Q&A special. Now, this is from Tuna Gamer. Tuna Gamer. Very good. (laughs) I struggle with the fact that we gamers used our bedrooms to game day and night. Then we quit cold turkey and try to link the very same room that we were gaming in to more productive things. So, Cam, how do we, I guess, make that shift and change that workspace into something more productive? Should we even stay in that workspace to begin with? What do you think? First, great name, Tuna Gamer. When it comes to this question, I think it's very important to to begin to understand that your environment or our environments have a big impact on on our experience of the world, right? And so what's interesting is is what's the stereotype of a gamer, right? It's like you always stay in your room, your room is a complete mess. You have fast food all over the place. And just thinking about that environment, it's easy to, to see that that sort of physical environment is one where you are just sitting on your computer completely lost in another world. Because if that sort of environment existed, but you were trying to hang out with friends in the same room, it wouldn't feel as good. So our environments have a major impact on how we feel and how we experience the world. And we have certain associations built to different environments, right? So, you know, here's an example. A couple of years ago, I was on a trip through Europe and I was thinking of not going to Paris. And the reason was because I had a girlfriend, you know, that I had just broken up with And we always had this plan of going to Paris and seeing the Eiffel Tower and being all romantic. And so on my trip to Europe, I was actually I was actually going to avoid going to Paris because it hurt to think that I was going there now without her. But I ended up going to Paris. And the reason was because I did it for myself. And did you end up having the time of your life? I had a great time in Paris. I did have a good time. And it it came from this decision of, you know, I don't want to avoid this place that I want to go to just because I'm hurt over this girl, right? But another way you could think of it is, you know, have you ever had a song that reminds you of a girl, right? Or a guy, or do you have, you know, different favorite spots that maybe you went with a partner you had? And now when you go, it kind of hurts or or it brings up those memories, right? So we we have associations built with different environments and experiences. And that causes us to, to kind of connect back with those. So when you quit gaming, your associations with your room can be very strong that they were a place where you were just gaming. And continuing to be in your room or try to be more productive in other things could be very difficult, at least initially, while you build up momentum in other areas of your life. So what I would recommend and what I did in my own experience was when I quit gaming, I was almost basically just not at home ever. I would wake up, I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd have a nap, I'd get in the shower, I'd get dressed, have dinner, and then I'd get out of the house. And I did that every single day. And the reason was because I knew if I stayed home, I would just want to game. 
because my association of my home was for me to game. So I know not everyone listening to this is going to have the opportunity where you're going to be able to just leave your home. But can you go into a different room? Can you go outside? Can you go to a library, a coffee shop? Can you go to a mall? Can you go to different environments that are near your house, a park, anywhere else that doesn't have the same associations built up like gaming did? And that will help you a lot. But in the very least, yeah, maybe trying to be more productive out of your room, right? Maybe just even cleaning your room, right? Making your bed in the morning, uh, changing the... Uh, layout of your room, right? You can make some of these changes that, you know, are small, but have a big impact because they change the association that you have. Uh, even for me, like, actually, just earlier today, I was going through my phone and and I was deleting pictures of of an ex and I, right? And and we broke up years ago, but I still had these pictures and I had these pictures because I wasn't ready to go through and get rid of them. Right? Because it, it still brought up memories and it still hurt. But now I'm at a point where, you know, that's okay. I can kind of like take care of that. And I'm emotionally far more stable about it. And so I was able to go through and, and start to kind of let go of those images that, you know, I was, I was holding on to because I wanted to hold on to those memories. But letting go of those pictures wasn't about letting go of the memory. It was about letting go of the emotional attachment that I have to the memory. The, the memory is still there. It's still something I experienced. It's still a great time that we had, but I don't have to have 5,000 pictures on my phone that tell me that. I know that, and I can now let go of them, you know, to the point where I would actually avoid going through the pictures on my phone because I didn't want to see them, right? But at some point, you have to begin to let go. And at least today, that's the point that I found myself where I was able to start, you know, letting go, go of those pictures. So. For you, you know, how can you begin to let go? How can you begin to shift your environment, whether it's your room or your house or, or anything else, to be more what you want it to be? How can you start to you know, get rid of some of your stuff that you're just holding on to? How can you begin to change the layout of your room or, or start to create more of the experience that you want to have in it? You know, and start there and give yourself a break, right? It takes some time. But you don't have to go from zero to hero right away. You don't have to go from quitting gaming to now being 100% productive in your room. You might need time, and that's okay. Definitely. And, you know, that does go both ways, too, because I've experienced something, well, like I said, the opposite of what you're talking about, where you finally do all this work to create a really productive space, and then you have a temptation to add in things that would make it less productive. For example, when I was still gaming, my office space where I would do, you know, whatever, uh, schoolwork, music production, whatever. It was just my creative space. If I had caved in and said, you know, I, I was thinking for a time, I'm going to get a TV in here. So that way, when I want to take a break, I can just kick back, put on a game, put my feet up and I can game for a few hours. If I would have done that, I can almost guarantee you I wouldn't even be sitting here right now because it would have turned into even more of a habit than it already was. So be careful with your productive spaces. Make sure you're very protective protective of them when you have them because that's going to be, you know, one of the only places you really can just let loose and be creative and productive. You don't want to mess that up. Right. And it's similar to, you know, I have an office for game quitters and I go to that office when I want to work and when I want to just hang out and lounge around, I go home. And I try to find that separation because I find that personally, for me, that separation helps a lot. 
Now, obviously, now I have an office, but before I would just go to the coffee shops or just go to the library or go to a friend's house. I always tried to do whatever I could to get out of the house because when I'm in my room, my bed is right there. And that means that, you know, earlier, about an hour ago, I was ready to have a nap. I was pretty tired. If I was at home, 100%, I was laying down to have a nap. But I wasn't at home. I'm at the office. So I had, you know, a drink of tea. I sat on the couch for a minute, just had a break. And now I'm feeling better. And so set yourself up for success and use your environment to set yourself up for success. So whether that's having a different room where you do work, or whether that's shifting your room so that you know it helps you be more productive or just getting out of the house altogether. You know, find what works for you, experiment, but be intentional. Question number three. How did you push through the period where you leave something you thought is some kind of life goal, such as gaming, for example, then recognizing, having this revelation that it isn't real? or sorry, it isn't the real thing, therefore you leave it behind. So that leaves this weird void now. As your self-esteem and confidence was built all around gaming, what do you have now? You have nothing to tie that self-confidence to. Gaming has left your life. What do you do? This is once again sent in by Tuna Gamer. You'll notice a consistent theme that we're talking about, which has to do with letting go. Life, the only constant in life is change. And so much of the suffering that we experience in our life comes from attachment, especially when it comes to gaming. Gaming is something that has become a core identity in our life. It's been a core constant in our life. From a very young age, we've been gaming. In our Game Quarter study, we found that the average age that people in our community started gaming was nine years old. Now, what's interesting is most people listening to this who are maybe newer to the community probably say like, yo, I, was, I started way earlier than that, right? especially now kids start two, three, four, five years old, right? And the average age of our community when people quit is 23, 24, 25. So that's over 10 years, 12, 13 years, that gaming has been the central theme in your life. It's how you've built all your free time. It's how you connected with friends. It's how you escaped. It's where you got your sense of confidence and self-esteem. And so when you begin to move on, of course, that can be challenging, but it's about letting go. And it's about releasing the fact that up until this point, gaming was all of those things and it meant a lot to you. It was very meaningful to you. And you're now in a new place. You're in a new place and you have different values. You have different goals and that's okay too. And you don't have to hold on to either of those. You can just let them be. So. One of the things that, that helped me a lot and the reason why, you know, for me, honestly, when I quit gaming finally, uh, well, when I quit gaming both times, even, you know, after I relapsed, I don't feel like I really actually had to push through and I didn't really struggle when I quit. And the reason is because I was so clear both times that I was truly moving on from gaming. So when I finally quit, I quit and I just moved on. And I had other things I was going to do. I had different goals. And I just truly was moving on. And so I wasn't holding on in the same way. A great documentary that I'd highly recommend for people to watch is The Minimalist. It's on Netflix, or you can find it. And it's a really good documentary about letting go and your attachment to things. So that's where it starts. Recognizing that you're closing a chapter of your life that involved gaming. 
and you're moving in to a new chapter of your life that doesn't involve gaming. And it's not about one chapter being better or worse than the other. It's just about a new chapter. And I think that so much of our suffering, especially in this community, comes from us holding on to this past chapter of our life instead of just really embracing change and letting it go. And the more you can embrace change, because change is the one thing that you will consistently get throughout your life, the less suffering you'll have and the more you'll be able to just adjust and adapt and go with the flow and not have to be so stuck on your life being a certain way or not. And instead, just allowing your life to kind of be and you can still be aware of it. You can still be intentional with where you want it to go, but you can also just embrace the fact that your life is going certain directions. There are certain things that happen and you don't have to put so much meaning or story behind it of it being good or bad. And instead, you can just live your life in the moment how it's meant to be lived. Tuna Gamer, thank you for being such a go-getter and sending in two great questions for us. And Cam, we've got two left to go. Moving on, the next one is more about social interaction. And Selentest has sent this one in. Selentest asks, do you think gaming has an effect on one's social interaction? And that includes both mentally and, is that physically? Physically. Physically. It's spelt exactly like that on this note page, I swear. I swear. Cam, did you did you type this up or is, is this a copy paste job? I copy and paste. I, I copy and pasted it, but it looks like it looks like it's it's psychologically is is what was meant to be typed. All right, I'm just um, giving you a hard time. We we we. It's probably psychologically. So uh, you know what? I couldn't even figure that out. I'm I'm just in the same boat as I was. Uh, I was testing. curious how social skills can be impacted physically. <laughs> um, but no, it's a great question, and, and thank you for it. Does gaming have an impact on social interactions? Yes. And I know a lot of people are going to be upset that I just said that because gamers have this this attachment, funny enough, to the fact that gaming does not impact your social skills. And I totally understand where you're coming from because, again, your social interactions online are real. They are meaningful. They are fulfilling. And they're, they're something that you know, you have a lot of your, your friends, right? And no, no different than me, right? Like, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, that those are your real friends. Now, there is an impact from gaming on your social skills. And there's two. One, gaming has a negative impact on your ability to develop empathy. And whether you want to say that's because of gaming or you just believe it has to do with the internet or um, people being able to be anonymous, but when you're not able to read physical facial cues you're not able to be as empathetic so gaming has an impact on that and you know just look at trolling behavior or look at some of the toxicity in the community right jason and i were talking about this right before we got on about how on the discord channel of stop gaming sometimes we'll get raided right we get raided where people come in there and start spamming racial slurs or start spamming porn and for me, it's very bizarre because it's like, do you seriously not have anything better to do with your time than go and start spamming a random channel on the internet with porn, right? And for me, that is just such a clear example of someone not having maturity, right? They have literally nothing better to do. Now, gaming has caused them to not be able to develop empathy 
or not be able to develop their maturity levels in the same way. Now, that doesn't mean it happens to everyone, but it does happen on some level. And I know that personally, my level of empathy has increased a lot as I've gone far more into just real-life interactions. Think about it like this. If you're swiping on Tinder, and this is the exact reason I don't use apps like Tinder, when you're swiping on Tinder, you're just swiping based on physical looks and first impressions. And when you're doing that, you're not thinking at all about the fact that that's another human being. You're not thinking at all about the fact that that human being has challenges and goals and ambitions and families and all of these different things. All you see is a profile picture of whether or not you think that they're hot or attractive or whatever your definition of swiping left or right is, and that's it. You're evaluating them based on that, not at all on anything else that actually has real-world value, right? And so can you say that when you're using an app like Tinder, it's helping you come from a place of compassion and empathy? No, because that's not built that way, right? It actually takes taking a step back to think about that in, in their life to be able to develop that. So gaming has an impact on social interactions, not in the way that, that is so commonly triggered when we bring that up, which is it's not impacting your ability to have friends. It's not impacting your ability to, to have meaningful relationships, but it is impacting your maturity levels. It's impacting your just behavior and it's impacting your level of empathy. And I can say this, when I was younger, I had virtually no friends. And I also had a very low amount of empathy in my life. And now I have so many friends, I'm looking to give some away. So if anyone needs any friends, just let me know. I've got a couple to give away. It's just a joke. Don't take life too seriously. It's more, I have an abundance of friends and it's been been quite the, the transformation for me, right? It's been nine years of me working on that. But I have a lot of friends now and I also have a lot of empathy, right? And that's been developed by me going to places like Panama and seeing eight family members sleeping in one room or going to Tanzania and seeing the happiest people I've ever seen in my entire life, yet they don't even have clean drinking water. And as my level of empathy has increased, so has the number of friends, so has my ability been to have meaningful relationships. So I think it's interesting. And I think that you know when you quit gaming, I hope that that helps you develop more maturity, more responsibility, more independence. And I hope it also helps you develop more compassion and empathy because that's really brought a lot of value to my life and that I know I can encourage you uh, to pursue that in yours. And speaking of empathy, you know, you can kind of think of empathy as a skill that you're putting your experience points into to level up. So when you go out into the real world and you have to have a conversation with someone, you have to interact, it doesn't drain your stamina bar to the point where you're just not able to move anymore. You're not able to go on and it's game over for you, baby. And let me tell you something, speaking of empathy, there's only so many elbows you can take to the nose at a punk show in the mosh pit. I gotta tell you a funny story because this made me kind of think of my weekend a couple weekends ago when I was actually visiting our guest on the show, Mr. Tyler Walleen. We went out to a punk show following our discussion, a band by the name of The Descendants. They've been around since the 1980s. Classic punk band, and I've been going to punk shows since I was 
you know, a, a teenager and it's just something I love to do. There's something about the energy in the room. But what I will tell you is I do not love being surrounded by that many people, especially when you come out of there smelling like a cocktail of cumin and nacho cheese because of all the dude sweat you're covered in. It's an experience, but it doesn't sound like a necessarily a pleasing experience. But I got to tell you, when you're not gaming, you want to go out and do that. It sounds kind of weird. You want to do that stuff. Like, when I go to these shows, generally before I leave, I don't really feel like going out because as I mentioned, there's a lot of people there, it's crowded, and sometimes I just like to stay in. But when you get there and you're living life and you're watching the band play and the music's great and you're having a good time, you suddenly realize that this is what living truly is and how you're supposed to feel. This is this is being a human being, you know. This is this is real, this is raw stuff. Now if I didn't have the social skills due to excessive gaming, I probably would be so scared to go out and stand in a crowd of people and watch a band. You know, I wouldn't want to do that. I would, I would not have, like I said, enough empathy points leveled up to be able to have the stamina to last a whole punk show. Just would not happen. So definitely take what Cam is saying to heart if it's something you struggle with. If you notice you have uh, poor social skills because you game too much, just know that it's not you. It could literally just be the gaming addiction you're dealing with that's putting this mask on you. And again, it's draining your stamina. So work on that. It takes time. You do have to level it up over time. But once you do it, uh, you can you can take on just about any real world experience and feel great about it and really just start living your life. So there's my little anecdote. We have one more question to go. This was also sent in by the same uh, same person here. This is Sell and Test once again with our final question of the Q&A. The question is, do you think we should try to minimize our time with gadgets and technology? Do you think that mobile devices and the constant checking of our new updates and notifications, uh, do you think all of that has an effect on our mental abilities overall? It's a great question. And thanks so much, everyone, for your questions. I really appreciate it. This show is for you. You know, that's why we're doing this. You know, we're not doing it because I just need to hear my myself talk some more. Uh, don't worry, I hear myself talk plenty. But this is for you. This is really ultimately how can we provide you guys with as much value as possible? How can we do it in a way where, you know, this is free. This content's all free for you. You know, we're, we're doing this so that you can learn and improve and you don't even have to pay a penny, right? So if you guys have any questions, we just want to quickly let you know. Send an email to cam at gamequitters.com or hit us up on Twitter at Cameron Dare. We'd love to feature your questions in an upcoming episode. You know, we put out an episode every Thursday, so definitely make sure you subscribe and get future episodes. And if there's any way we can support you, just let us know. That's what we're really here for. So uh, I definitely think that we should be minimizing our time with gadgets and tech. You know, we found in our Game Quitter study that our average member had 25 hours of gaming time per week and 25 hours of other internet activities. The average gamer, I, I believe, plays eight hours a week, right? So that's quite the difference, right? 50 hours a week that you're either on gaming or you're on the internet. That's a lot. And reducing your amount of time with gadgets and tech will really help you become more present in your life and really help you be able to engage more in the world around you instead of having to constantly check out and try to escape from boredom, right? There was this really great episode on Joe Rogan's podcast recently with Sam Harris and Dan Harris. And we'll link that in the show notes. But there was really interesting discussion around how boredom doesn't actually exist. And boredom is just a lack of presence 
in your life. And so the antidote to boredom is actually presence, right? Even getting curious about boredom can be really interesting. And the impact that mobile devices and constantly checking of new stuff, notifications, has absolutely an impact on our mental capacity because, again, it hurts our ability to be focused in the moment. There's a great book called Deep Work by Cal Newport that will tell you all about that and how our constantly checking our notifications and being on social media is having a major impact on our ability to actually focus on work to a point where we're actually able to really dive in deeper on different subjects that we're studying. And I noticed that in my own life, for me to be able to actually sit down and write my book or dive in deeper on a subject that I'm really curious about, it's so hard because I have 15 other things I'm trying to do in the same moment, right? Do I think that watching TV and having commercials last 15 seconds and you're constantly switching channels to avoid commercials, do I think that has an impact on your lack of attention span? Absolutely, right? A hundred percent. So the recommendation is this, put your phone away, turn on airplane mode, go outside, go into nature, go explore, go on an adventure. It's one reason I love surfing. I can't bring my cell phone out on the water. And I know that if I brought my cell phone out on the water, you know what I would do? I'd sit on my board in the middle of the ocean and I'd check Facebook. But not having my phone at all causes me to actually be present in that moment. And I always come out of the water and I always feel amazing. And I'm really curious if it's that I feel amazing because I just exercised or if I was in the ocean, I was in nature, if I was having fun, right, surfing, or if it was just because I wasn't just on my phone for an hour, which is about the only time I'm not on my phone throughout the day, right? So I think we can all minimize our time using gadgets and tech quite a bit more. And especially in this community, that's our comfort zone. That's something that has been a huge constant throughout our life. It's something that we're very comfortable with. And I think it's time that we begin to experiment ways to not be on it so much. And I'm certain that the less time that you spend on gadgets and technology, the less time you constantly spend checking your notifications, the happier you will be. And so try it. It's true. And you know, if you feel like technology and apps and just anything on your phone in general that's going to steal your attention is it's got a hold on you and it is taking your time away it's not actually always your fault Uh, believe it or not there's a funny story i heard about twitter that i didn't know it's just a small little thing that they do but uh, when you sign on to twitter watch the notification panel if you have a twitter account in the top you know it shows you a number how many notifications you've had since you've last logged on well You'll notice that when you first log on, it's blank for about two to three seconds. Then suddenly, boop, a number pops up. That isn't actually anything to do with the loading time. They do that on purpose. And the reason they do that is because it creates kind of like a similar effect of when you sit down, say, at a casino and pull that lever on a slot machine. They do that intentionally because, well, they want you to be watching that notification panel. They want to give you a sense of reward when it pops up and you see oh, I've got 12 new notifications, awesome. But every time you log on, that number is going to be different. Maybe sometimes it'll be two or three. Maybe you haven't been on in a while, so it's up to 50. But it creates this sense 
in you. It, it plays to the, the side of you that, again, like I said, a lot of casinos and even game video games do this as well, especially a lot of uh, MMOs and, you know, the type of games that require you to grind to get experience and they have random loot drops and things like that. It really, I, what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It, it would be a psychological term, but it plays to a part of you that's trying to, I don't know, I guess win by chance or something like that. If you know what I'm saying, but that's actually a real thing that they do. I was blown away that they actually work that into their program. And if you guys are curious about learning more about how, you know, technology companies, apps, gaming, social networks are intentionally designed for you to get hooked on them, read Hooked by Nir Eyal. It's a really amazing book. And it goes through one of those concepts about just variance, right? And one of the reasons why gambling is addictive is because of the randomness of chance, right? And when you have a random chance of winning, you want to play more and more and more. You know, there's a reason why slot machines, you know, if you've ever played them, you'll notice that you'll get three out of four, but not all four, right? And they do that on purpose so that you feel like, oh, I almost won, right? I almost won. If you won every single time you play a slot machine, you would not want to win. It's actually the anticipation of you potentially winning or you being so close that causes you to get hooked, you know, actually like psychologically on that thing. And games do it too, just like you said, in random loot drops or in different rewards, right? It's it's not just consistency, it's also the randomness. And that's a huge part of it. So yeah, if you guys are interested in that, read Hooked by Near Eel and you'll be blown away. And, and again, you have to understand, I just did a podcast with Adam Roa on the Deep Dive podcast, and, and we talked a little bit about this, of how it's not that these companies are designing these things because they're intentionally trying to get you addicted to them, as in these people aren't bad people, but the reason these social networks and apps and games exist is for them to sell more of them to make more money and for you to play them for longer periods of time. And the way for Facebook to make the most money is for you to spend as much time on Facebook as possible which also unfortunately just has to do with you using it more. And so any way that they can figure out a way to get you to use it that much more means that you spend more time on the network, on the website, which means you see more ads, which means they make more money. And there's a funny quote that's not really funny, but it says how the only two groups of people who call or call their customers users are drug dealers and internet companies, right? And it's interesting. Right, So you have to be aware of this stuff and you have to understand that these websites and games are built in a way to get you hooked on them. And does that mean that they're fully trying to make sure you're, you're an addict? I don't believe so. But they are using state-of-the-art behavioral psychology. They are hiring behavioral psychologists on their staff to make sure that they're using all of those techniques to get you to play them more and more and more. And so we have to be aware of them. We have to be paying attention and we have to be able to set healthy boundaries around technology to make sure that we're living healthy lives. And one of the easiest ways is just to be off them a lot more. And so even for me right now, I don't have internet at my house and I'll do a YouTube video on this soon, but I don't have internet at home. And that's really helped me be able to reduce the amount of time I'm on the internet, uh, not drastically, but a little bit. And that's been a positive step. So thanks so much for your questions. If you guys have any other questions, email me, cam at gamequares.com. 
or hit me up on Twitter at Cameron Dare. We love to get your questions and, and we're trying to, as much as we can, feature a Q&A segment on every episode. So love to answer any questions you guys have. And, you know, just want to say again, Stop Gaming on Reddit has been a huge supporter of me, huge supporter of Game Quitters, and huge supporter of this movement overall. You know, they were there at the beginning before even I was around. And so can't thank them enough for all, all of your support. And for everyone listening, thank you for your support because together we're going to make a difference in the world. We are making a difference in the world. And it's something that is, is really exciting and uh, something to be super proud of individually, whatever contribution you're making. So let people know about this podcast. Share it. Make sure you subscribe. We release a new episode every Thursday. And if you're looking for any of the links or books or anything at all from this episode, go to gamequitters.com backslash three. That's the number three. And that's where you can find our show notes. And Jason, any final thoughts? Yes. Thank you very much, Cam. Big thank you to all of you for sending in your questions once again. We are very thankful and grateful because, you know what, without the questions, really, what would we be doing here, right? We'd be sitting here talking back and forth, but I don't think it would be as engaging or nearly as interesting as it could be because, really, you guys are fueling some great conversation right here on the show. So very thankful for that. And you know what? It's kind of ironic, speaking of Twitter's slot machine mentality, I think it's fitting that I give you my Twitter my Twitter name if you want to find me on there. You can find me at jpdub, that's J-A-Y-P underscore D-U-B. And yes, I'm not on there often. My account is fresh and new to the world of Twitter. But if you do want to send in some questions for the podcast, you can try that as well or just hit me up. I'm not going to be on there all the time, but I'll try to check it uh, when I see things coming in. Also, I will be on the Game Quitters forums as well from time to time just checking in as I am doing this 90-day detox. And you know what? I find it's a great little resource to jump on there and, and kind of get some stories from other people and, you know, just kind of contribute to the community. I'll be there at to the same username, JP Dub. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great, Cam. And, you know, it's funny. Speaking of that last question, it's too bad they couldn't implement that mentality of, you know, trying to get you hooked on their product, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. It's too bad they couldn't find a way to move that into real life, you know? Maybe like a little notification panel that pops up over someone's head in a little cloud bubble. Oh, they've got five things to tell me about today. Wonder what that could be. I'm going to go talk to this person. Yeah, there was this really great quote. I'm just pulling it up quick um, from a member of our community. I have a talk coming up in Las Vegas, uh, June 2nd. So anyone listening to this, if you're in Las Vegas or you're going to be in Las Vegas or you want to come to Las Vegas and see me speak, I'll be speaking at the Nevada State Annual Conference on Problem Gambling on June 2nd. Actually, there's a member from Australia who's going to be there, which I'm really excited about. Uh, a couple other members in Las Vegas. So we're going to do a lunch or dinner or something. So, you know, again, if you're going to be in Vegas on June 2nd or around then, email me, cam at gamequiz.com because I'd love to meet up. Now, there's a question that, or there, there was a quote from a member of our community who said, um, to a gamer, or, okay, I'll just read the full quote. I asked him what his advice for therapists was at, on video game addiction, and he said, a non-gamer therapist may struggle to understand just how thoroughly games can supplant one's understanding of value, work, and effort in the real world. Games are extremely explicit in their expectations and consistent in their rewards. Real life is murkier, 
Actions and outcomes often have no linear relationship. To a gamer, this inconsistency can be extremely demotivating. Getting your life on track doesn't have an XP bar. And I just thought that was a really interesting quote, um, just to really kind of encapsulate, you know, what some of the challenges are for us as we move forward into the real world. And, you know, does that relate to you? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. But ultimately, remember that, you know, take it one day at a time. You're doing great. You're doing better than you probably give yourself credit for. And if you need any support, join us on GameQuiz.com because we'd love to support you. And Jason, just last kind of final thing. Episode four, we have a friend of yours coming up. Tell us a little bit about who the guest is going to be for episode four and uh, and what it's all about. Yeah, I guess uh, I did allude to this earlier. Uh, we've actually already recorded the interview, but we we're going to be saving it for episode four. That is Tyler Walleen. Now, he's a, a mental health professional and he's got all sorts of great things to say on addiction and not just for gaming, but from a really broad perspective too, that can apply to any situation. He also just has a lot of great insights on life. I really appreciate his mind and the way he thinks about things. Very nice guy. I mean, he's, he's just great to sit down and talk to. And, and we had a great conversation. Uh, he's from Edmonton, Alberta, which if you're not from Canada, you might be like, where in the hell is that? Well, it's north of where I am, about three hours, and it's a it's a great town. You may have heard of the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers, their hockey team there, who uh, just got kicked out of the playoffs with a very poor performance in Game 7, Cam. Ah, you watching that? Yeah, it was a tough one. I was not happy with the... I loved Game 6. Game 6 was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Goal after goal, baby. And, you know, uh, having Tyler on the show, though, is going to be... It's going to be great. You're going to have a lot of insight. He even at the end recommends a few uh, books and things you can check out. He's just a great guy to, to come in and we're, we're thrilled to have him as, I guess he's our first guest on the show, which is pretty exciting. So he'll be pioneering the interview format of the podcast for us. And that's coming up next week. First of, of many more to come. We have tons of guests lined up. We have doctors and behavioral psychologists and just friends and mentors of mine. We have tons of different people. And so, you know, make sure you subscribe, stay tuned. We have a lot more coming for you guys. And, and just, you know, thank you again for, for listening. This is all about you. So I uh, hope you guys have a great week and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate the questions. Cam, we'll see you next week. <laughs>